Welcome to Career Tipper Podcast, hosted by Michelle Beatty. The Career Tipper Podcast is a motivational resource that shares career and entrepreneurial tips by industry experts that will help amazing people evolve to their professional best. And now your host, Michelle Beatty. Episode 21 of the Career Tipper Podcast features Amanda Ariopagita. After a long 12 years of being in the corporate world of law firms and owning her own business as a litigation paralegal, Amanda reevaluated her true passion and realized her talent and way of thinking was in interior design. With no formal education or experience in this field, Amanda's first step was going back to college for the second time. She attended the International Academy of Design and Technology in Tampa, Florida. Since graduating, Amanda has worked at Herman Miller, a recognized innovator in contemporary interior furnishings and solutions for commercial spaces. She also designed for Robin Stuckey, Florida's largest residential interior design studio and an interior designer for IKEA, the world's largest furniture retailer in the world, known for its modern designs. Amanda went on to create interior motive design and her journey as an interior designer continues to grow with each project, helping each space come alive one at a time. She's going to share about her mission to discover what is your interior motive. I'm your host, Michelle Beatty, professional development author and coach. Amanda, welcome to the Career Tipper podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be awesome. I like watching your Instagram posts and you're you're very, you educate everyone while you do it. Um, So when you're showcasing your work and things of that nature. So I love how you share tips along the way. You're very insightful and you share your resources um, just to show that you you're about your business. So I think I think the listeners have a lot to take away from you, um, from what you're going to share today. But before we get into all to that, what led you to becoming an interior designer? Oh, wow. Well, that one's a long journey. Um, we could start from the beginning because <laughs> there's the reality and then there's the la la. Here's a beautiful story. But um, it started, I went to college at University of Central Florida back in 2000 and I went the safe route and I got my paralegal degree. I went on to be a paralegal for about 10 plus years. And then at one point of time in my life, I was like, you know what? This is never what I wanted to do. You know, I I make good money, but why is it that every time I step in a room, I'm looking at everything around it saying, oh, this should have been done or, oh, I love this. Or, you know, just looking at furniture pieces, artwork, just interiors in general and At that time, I was 31 years old and I made the decision to go back to school. So that was pretty heavy to do. Um, You know, I had gotten married recently and then I'm still carrying a full-time job as a paralegal. So I went ahead and went full-time to school. So I was full-time work and then full-time night school. And I did that for a few years because I was so passionate about making it happen. And what's crazy about my story was, you know, my last semester of school, I ended up, from a personal standpoint, going through a divorce. So here I am, have a GPA of 4.0, I'm about to change careers from making money as a paralegal, and I'm supposed to go into a new industry as an interior designer, hopefully having like a husband as backup, but 
guess what? Finances changed. So I'm in my last semester of school. I'm trying to hold my 4.0, trying to hold life together, and I still made it happen. So in order for me to relinquish being a paralegal, making that safe money, I had to get rid of all materialistic things. So I went from a Mercedes Benz to a 10-year-old Pathfinder. And I got rid of everything and anything that held me down. And I said to myself, well, you know what? You might have to make $10 an hour at, you know, these places here and there and little mom and pop firms or whatever. But guess what? You're changing your career. So are you willing to do that? So I relinquished all my materialistic things and I started with Robin Stuckey. Um, I was still in school. I was working for them while I was in interior design school, but unfortunately they went bankrupt over here in Florida. Yep, (laughs) you know about them. Um, And then I moved over to Herman Miller. Um, I worked there for a few months and like, you know, money was was super tight. Um, Going back while I was about to graduate and graduate from interior design school, I had applied at Ikea at the Tampa location. I went through like six rounds of interviews, design presentations, and I got denied the job. I was second runner up. So now fast forward, I did my time at Robin Stuckey, I did my time at Herman Miller, and now, oh, uh, there's a job that comes, that's opening up at Ikea in Orlando, but at this time I was still in Tampa going, you know, going through the separation and stuff. And then I said, Let's just try it. If you have to just pick up and move, it's time to pick up and move. So I went full force and I got the job. And so I picked up and I left. (laughs) So I went from Tampa, uh, went over to Orlando. And the thing, the crazy thing about the IKEA position, it was just a seasonal job. I was only supposed to be there to cover someone who was on maternity leave. But before like my probationary period was up, or like my seasonal time was up, they wanted me to work full time. And I said, and I said, yes, I would love it because Ikea was just a wonderful place. <laughs> wonderful place to work, absolutely wonderful. Um, when I was there, I worked also as a kitchen planner and then I also designed the, um, the room sets all around the store, including the little mini homes, me and two other designers, so we put that together. Um, as far as my time in the kitchen planning, this is where interior motives started taking off. So I met a man by the name of Peter Duke, and he is a builder um, in Orlando, and he did a lot of kitchens with IKEA. So, you know, just coming in as a regular customer, you know, we would develop our relationship. I'd help him out with how to design the kitchens or even material selections or just even just help him with his order. And, you know, through that relationship, he's like, hey, you know, you do this stuff at Ikea and you put these rooms together. Do you think you could do the same thing for my houses? And I was asking, what are you talking about? And then that's when he was saying, you've heard of home staging. And I said, yeah, I heard of it, but I've never like ever looked into it. And then so you know, one business meeting led to another and next thing you know it, I'm buying all the inventory and furnishing and I do my first house with him. And at this time, I'm still working at IKEA. 
So I've invested some money to, um, he invested some money into me and uh, got all the furniture and accessory inventory and I staged my first house. So from there, I still worked at Ikea for a couple months because this is just, you know, like, oh, this is something different. This is something new. And I had, so that happened in November. And then the following like February, March, I had a planned vacation to the Philippines for three weeks. So I go out to the Philippines, it was a life-changing trip. I looked at things differently and I said, you know what, there's a calling for me and this is something that I need to do on my own. I feel like I've done my time at Ikea. I feel like there is a baby that I need to grow. So upon my return from my three-week vacation to Ikea, Four days later, I put in my resignation so that I could go full-time with interior mode of design. Scary, 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 because, you know, Ikea was, I loved that job so, 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 so much, but I just believed in what I could do, you know, because I had a paralegal business before, so I'm like, let me take my skill set and do it on my own so that I can freely design and not have to be under the commercial umbrella and you know through good relationships and just working on my craft and not being scared and taking the plunge I'm knee deep in interior design I love it yeah courageous confident yeah yeah you know it, did, it did take some a lot of sacrifices though it, it sometimes people see me now like where I'm at and and, but they don't know what has happened behind the scenes. Everything that it took, you know, between going through school, going through a divorce, changing your careers, going from a six-figure salary to a no-figure salary, you know, like, you know, so it takes a lot of sacrifices and a lot of um, knowing yourself and what you could do to make it happen. Well, hats off to you. <laughs> Thank you. Continue doing amazingness. Now, yeah. Amanda, what is the difference of, you know, you have different services. So what is the difference um, services that you would want you to offer, that you offer your clients through interior motive design? Like, what do you want them to keep in mind? Like, I know you work with commercial and residential. So what is the breakdown? Okay. So interior motive design offers like three legs of services. Um, one is home staging for realtors and builders. The other is residential uh, services, which is, you know, private homes. And then the other one is uh, Airbnb designs, which I'll design specifically for Airbnb rentals. Now, the biggest thing when people are selecting their designer, they have to know what kind of design they like and they got to make sure their designer is matched up. In other words, if someone came to me and asked me to do like this traditional Victorian home, I'm the wrong designer for you because I specialize in modern design. So big thing is to check out the interior designer's portfolio, find out what their um, work history is, and very, 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 very important, make sure that they have gone to school because there is a difference between the HGTV homegrown people that, you know, not to say that you can't do it without schooling, but the schooling educates you on how to design because it's not just about decoration. 
Um, like for instance, for me, the way I design is sensory design. It's all about how you feel. What is it that you want to see when you walk in? How do you want to, the touch, you know, any kind of smells or anything like that versus another designer might be like, just leave me alone and let me do my things. So, you know, one, it's a, it's a personality is a good thing, you know, make sure your personality meshes, but most importantly, make sure your goals and focus of what you want in your, you know, your challenges with your interior design needs are met with the proper interior designer and do you do your research because you are, you know, with an interior designer, you could spend some money. So you put in some time like you do a car. So putting some time like buying an interior designer. <laughs> Speaking of research, how do you stay up to date with the industry trends? Okay. So a lot of it is also making sure I'm present, you know, just out in the world. You know, whether I'm going into a hotel or restaurant, making note of everything that's going in, especially with the new builds. But, um, a good thing is also, you know, you got, I got, I got so many magazine subscriptions. Um, some of my favorites is Dwell and Interior Design. Um, there's Florida Design, Kitchen and Bath. Um, and then the other thing is I have mailings from all the stores like Z Gallery, West Elm, Crate and Barrel, all that. So I get all the goodies so that I know what's out there. So when someone comes to me and says, I need a seven drawer apparatus for my makeup unit. I'm like, okay, I think I know where to go for that. So, you know, staying up to date with the styles and the trends is just being present and and being active in the stores and active online and, and reading up on material all the time. Amanda, is it helpful for you to have your clients just as engaged with keeping up the trends as you are, or do you, what, what, what do you prefer and what do you suggest when you're working with your clients to select services? Um, the biggest, the easiest thing is give me pictures so I can see what you see. That's the only way, because we could talk about how blue and red a room is, but if you visualize something, in your head, it's kind of like reading a book. Your vision is going to be different than my vision. So in order for our visions to be on the same page, share pictures with me. Um, share the things that you like in a room. Share the things that you don't like. Like if you say, I hate purple, then, you know, I won't, I won't even go there. So it's really like just getting to know your client and finding out the likes and dislikes through images. Great suggestion. I'll keep yeah. that in mind myself. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure that you encounter a lot of indecisive clients too. I know you said show up with pictures, but how do you encourage um, people to establish trust with you and with them and selecting design options that you recommend? Um, I feel knowledge is the best way to help understanding. So let's say if I suggest a certain table and there's like three different options, but the person is saying, hey, which this happens all the time, <laughs> I like this one, but, and I could totally look at it as a designer and say, oh my gosh, no, that's totally not gonna go. But I, you know, I try to explain the reasonings and whys, because if you just knock your client down or, and, you, and you don't make them understand the way that I think and the way that I design, then you're not gonna trust me and you're just gonna think I'm just 
trying to tell you what to do or like this is my design or nothing. I want to be engaged with you because at the end of the day, I might like it, but if you don't like it, that's a problem because you're going to be the one living in the space, working in the space, breathing in the space every single day. So I need to make sure that we are on the same page and my selections are also something that you understand why. Okay. Why they selected, whether it could be something like a detail in the product, it could be a function problem, you know. Somebody might say, hey, I like this sofa. And I'm like, yeah, you won't be able to walk in your room anymore if you pick that sofa because it's too big, you know. So educating the educating the clients is the biggest thing. I'm, that's valued because I know I, I can be a little indecisive myself. So right. <laughs> I like when someone can guide me and help me understand that. So, yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree with that. Now, Amanda, since you've transitioned into the interior design industry, what has been your most valued lesson about yourself, you know, your business and the industry? Oh, man, Um, you're going to (laughs) fail. But you have to understand that the failures are opportunities to learn. Um, You have to be confident in your craft. You have to know what you're doing. I always say, again, if you could teach what you know, then you know what you're doing. Um, So, you know, the biggest thing is just be confident and don't be scared, you know, with especially with artists, because, you know, interior design is a form of art. Um, You can't be scared of what people think because your art is there for someone and everyone. True, true. Now, what key roles on your team has helped you to make interior motive design which is your company a sought after resource and vendor okay so timing is everything you know people are very demanding they want it now 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 um especially with the home staging because the home staging is time sensitive you know these people want to get their houses on the market and ready to go so i made sure like with my home staging department that i have people on my team that help me with like logistics or even spatial reasoning on trying to put my inventory together in the warehouse. And what I learned the most is that I have to find those people that are great in those areas because I'm not great at it. I'm great at design, but if you tell me I need to pick this up and go over here and do this and whatever, whatever, and deliver and then, you know, and then set it in, make sure everything fits in a 20, 20, 20 by 20 warehouse, then I'm like, okay, I need somebody. So, <laughs> so the biggest thing is making sure I have the right people for the job. I love it. Now, your portfolio is amazing. I know that you're currently working on the social, re- yes. um, which is a club in Orlando, downtown Orlando. Yeah. Okay. It's um, on Orange Avenue, which is like the main street downtown. It's a historical building. It's been there for quite some time. And the the uh, renovation, they haven't renovated that place in over 20 years. Because back in the day, it used to be a jail. And then before that, it was a, a um, like a big auditorium. You know, it's just it's amazing how you see something that goes from the early part of the century till now it's a nightclub here in 2018 and you're sitting in there. So yeah, it's definitely amazing because it's a well-known club. They host a lot of um, uh, music bands and singers and artists and really, really well-known club. It's cool. It's pretty neat. 
Okay. Now, what do you recommend to your peers, novice and veterans, because I'm sure it's a wide range. Um, what do you recommend to them to keep their portfolio of work diverse, even if they're committed to a specific niche? Um, the big thing is also show your personality. So like I travel all around the world and to me, design just doesn't stop there. So it doesn't stop here just in Florida. It's all over the world. So whether I'm either staying at an Airbnb or I find a funky restaurant or I see something like even like a maybe a little sculpture from a foreign country that shows their culture, design is everywhere. So showing the how I see design during my travel also shows my personality. And the other thing that you could do is um, just be involved. Coming from, from traveling and sharing like the design stories um, and then just personal things that you like, like let's say if I'm just going to the store at Target and I see a lamp because I'm just actually on the way to pick up laundry detergent, snap it, show it, share it with the world. And, you know, people can also see your style. So it's not just only your work, but also the things that you like and don't like. And then you also get to know me as an interior designer. Once you get to know me, you'll also trust me. And then when you trust me, I'll be in your living room designing. <laughs> There's many ways to establish trust. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. And you can be creative with it. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, the biggest thing is just showing who you are, showing your likes and not being afraid of it, you know. Indeed. Your likes and dislikes. Love it. I love it. What <laughs> insight or advice would you like for someone to keep in mind um, that want to leave a perceived safe career to pursue interior design? Um, I think it's just more like in any career transition, you really, really have to be willing to make the sacrifices. You're going to start from the bottom because the things that hold people back is for the love of money and for the love of materialistic things. So if you make sure your finances are controlled and, and your materialistic wants and desires and debts are down, that's gonna open up a lot of options because at the end of the day, you're gonna have to start from the bottom. You're gonna start $10 an hour. You're going to go through rough spots of getting jobs, not getting jobs, and you just gotta hang in there just like with any career. Tier design is tough because it is an art. It's not a safe job like a paralegal where you can go in and you're guaranteed a salary. Um, you are competing with a lot of people, but just as long as you are confident in what you do and you really believe that this is your calling, just don't be afraid to jump because at the end of the day, you'll be fine. You won't, you'll, you'll always have food on the table and you will not be homeless because at the end of the day, will, will that really happen if you really, 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 really think about it? You can make it happen. You just got to make sacrifices. True. So true. Now, what's next on your to-do list for yourself and for Interior Design Motive? Okay. Um, I'm actually wrapping up the social. So we'll be doing the grand opening um, within the next couple months. Um, with my home staging, I have been doing it for about three years now. So I'm actually in the process of revamping my inventory so I'm out with the old and in with the new uh, so people are catching the sales on that um, and they're loving it and 
<laughs> yeah. And just can keep continuing to grow with, you know, private client residents, Airbnb designs and home staging one project after the other. So Amanda, I appreciate you being a guest on the career tipper podcast. Please share your favorite quote and affirmation that keeps you making career tipping moves. What is your interior motive? I say that is basically what is it that you want? What is your interior design needs and challenges? What is your motive? Why are you coming to me for help? So what is your interior motive? And I'll figure that out for you. Please share how listeners can get in touch with you. Um, You can check out my website at www.interiormotivedesign.com. And you could also check me out at Facebook and Instagram at Interior Motive Design. Love it. And you can find me, Michelle Beatty, at careertipper.com. Please subscribe and follow the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at careertipper and on Twitter at careertipper1. Thanks for joining today. Until next time, be confidently you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Career Tipper Podcast. We're grateful for our listeners and guests. For more resources about how to evolve to your professional best, share your comments and feedback about this episode and your suggestions for future guests, visit careertipper.com. Until next time, be confidently you.